Chronically fully sick. Uh, before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that we are recording today on the stolen lands of the Guana and Kulin nations. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you, Chloe. Our names are Chloe Sargent and Joanna Nilsson, and we're two cheeks who just want to have a yak about being young, sexy, and chronically ill. We both have a delightful yeah. uh, chronic condition called fibromyalgia and a bunch of other shit wrong with us. So this is our podcast. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Welcome back. Where we list all of the things that are wrong with us. <laughs> How's it going, mate? Oh, yeah. it's. Um, I'm currently uh, back home in my hometown of Adelaide at mm-hmm. the moment to spend a bit of time with my folks because the, uh, the borders opened between New South Wales and South Australia. So, um, yeah, spending a bit of time with the fam and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a rough week. But before we go into that, how are you, I mate? think the more pertinent question, like when we sort of have this discussion at the top of every episode would be, have you not been crook? Because we always are. Yeah. <laughs> we always are crook. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the difficult part of that question, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been good. What about you? How have you been Well, going? I woke up the other morning with a completely dead leg and I thought it was because my dog was sleeping on it or something. But then I got up and, well. <laughs> Classic bags. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know, that's like a rotund little pug that I keep around me. Um, mm. But yeah, when I got up, it wasn't. And as you know, I've had a fracture to my femur and I have a steel rod in there and a bunch of pins and I kind of went on to our chronically fully sick Facebook group um, and was like oh my god I have like pins and needles and it really hurts and it's kind of numb and tingly and it kind of sounded like nerve pain but it subsided a bit Mm. but it's just really like stiff and weird now Mm. wow so how long's in how long has it been now Mm. it's been doing it well see it's been sore for like a week um, and I thought I just mm. like pulled a muscle in my like pussy or my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, but I think it was actually my femur. Yeah. Um, right, because yeah. those are all the same. Uh, you know, it's kind of the same. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so hard to tell. Stuff hurts and I just don't the, know where it is. The puss or the femur. <laughs> Classic, oh, classic joke. Oh, yeah. Um, we do have a Facebook group, as I mentioned. Yeah. And if you want to talk to us, yes. you can do it at um, Chronically Fully Sick on Twitter or Chronic Full Sick on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Other way around. It's oh, Chronic shit. Full Sick on Twitter <laughs> and Chronically Fully Sick on Instagram. <laughs> We're really good at marketing ourselves. Can you guys oh, tell? You can really good at it. Get in touch via our website, chronicallyfullysick.com. Um, and please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe because we are very talented and professional. <laughs> yes, we are very good uh, professional podcasters. So please say that in your review time. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, so that, yes. that's been really good. And I have a horrendous headache, so I'm really doped up and hence, like, me being all over the shop. So. <laughs> oh, great. It's, I feel like it's one of us every episode. Oh, of course. Like, as soon as we, like, jump jump onto Zoom, it's just like, who's the one that's fucked up on painkillers today? <laughs> it's all, it has to be one of us. <laughs> it's always a gamble, guys. You never know what you're going to get with this podcast. That's right. So, like I said, I came back home to spend some time with the fam after not seeing them because of uh, COVID shutting down the borders and that kind of thing. Mm. The day after I arrived, one of my beautiful, lovely uh, golden retrievers, Simba, started to get quite sick and he lost, uh, started losing all the movement in uh, his back legs. Mm. Yeah, so unfortunately we, we ended up losing Simba this week. Obviously, grief is uh, not a great situation in general, but it is also horrendous for uh, causing flare-ups and that kind of thing. I guess the the thing that it made me think about is how good animals are at helping us manage our chronic illness and our like our chronic pain and all of that type of thing cuz like my my dogs and uh, my cat back home, they're bloody little guardian angels. Like they can tell when something's wrong with you and they'll just come and look after you and that kind of thing. I don't know about Babs. Does Babs do that? Yeah, she does. Yes, yes. The, the answer is yes. But I'm just thinking <laughs> about all the times where she's... You're like, no, she's a little demon. She kind of is. Yeah, she's a little like devil. Like at things and being a little dickhead. But um, <laughs> they do sit on you and sort of comfort oh, you. And it's so nice to cuddle up to something like little and furry and... I've had her for six years and when I first got her, I was struggling with depression pretty hard and she really got me to go outside and forced me to talk to other people and do all of that. So it's really yeah, good. But it is for sure. like also caring for them and walking them is sometimes a struggle. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's benefits and like, you know, downfalls that it is hard when you're having a flare up and you have to walk the dog and that kind of thing. So I think like... That's probably one of the benefits of having Kitty at home in Sydney because it's she doesn't need to be walked or anything like that. Mm. She sleeps for 19 hours a day and I would also like to sleep for 19 hours a day. Mm. So <laughs> she just gets me. Mm. <laughs> and I found out recently that um, I'm not sure if this is just one of those ridiculous like Tumblr post kind of things, but there was a couple of websites that said it, so maybe it's true. But um, cats can sometimes often, they'll come and sit on you and purr really loudly because it's like a healing mechanism that they do to kittens. And so, like, that's why they come and they, like, lay on you and purr on you if they feel like you're unwell because that's what they do when they have babies to help their kittens grow up, which is really cute. They've got a built-in, like, healing mechanism. It's like giving someone a hummer but nicer. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's really, 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 really bizarre. But, but yeah, she's, you know, just patting her and that kind of stuff I use as like mindfulness and that kind of stuff as well. So like there's, I feel like there's just so many benefits that animals bring to you and it's, it, it is hard when you're having a flare up and that kind of stuff and you struggle to walk them and all of that kind of mm. thing. But for me, for me personally, I think like the negative times like that, like completely outweighed by the benefits. Oh, absolutely. And I know a lot of people in the, you know, chronic illness community that do have like registered support animals and emotional support animals, um, which is awesome. I really wish I could make Babs one. I kind of wanted to do it like bullshitty kind of just to be able to get her on a plane. I don't know. Yeah, that would be amazing if Babs had her own little seat on a a flight. That would be great. You can take little dogs on planes in... America or something, can't you? I know that you can take them on public transport if 
they can fit in Oh, the my bag. God. I've seen those pictures of dogs on the New York subway just crammed into, like... Yeah. It's like a husky and they've just, like, cut leg holes into a, one of those, like, massive Ikea <laughs> bags. And they're like, well, <laughs> I found the loophole. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd, I'd love it if I could take, um, like, one of my dogs or my cat around everywhere with me because they're quite they're really good at calming me down when I am anxious and you know about to have a panic attack and that kind of thing as well so absolutely yeah that'd be great no, my dog gives me panic I can see why they're beneficial <laughs> <laughs> yeah little bab she's a little little devil mm. we'll um we'll have to put a little photo up of um our our pets so everyone can see them. Oh, yeah. That we got are... that picture of Babs recording the podcast that time. That was pretty good. Yes. <laughs> that's really yeah, good. I love that photo. And Babs looks so mortified by the microphone. <laughs> she looks like horrified by it. But, you know, she's got to pay her rent somehow. I know. I know. <laughs> Speaking of paying up. Um, yeah. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Boy, do we have a big topic to go oh, into. Oh, geez. So I saw this on Instagram of all places mm. earlier in the week. And I'll just read out this post. So Purdue Pharma, the maker of um, OxyContin, has agreed to plead guilty to three federal criminal charges for its role in creating the nation's opioid crisis and will pay more than $8 billion and close down the company. The money will go to opioid treatment and abatement programs. The privately held company has agreed to pay a $3.5 billion fine as well as forfeit an additional $2 billion in past profits in addition to the $2.8 billion it agreed to pay in civil liability. Oi, oi, oi. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is, um, yeah, that's, that's quite a lot of money. <laughs> that's quite I a know. lot of money. These people, and I sent you an article about it before, um, the people that mm. own this company are like the most evil motherfuckers in the universe. Yeah, the, the headline of that article you sent me was like the most hated family in America yeah, is or this something. America's which most I thought was the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh yeah, Fred Nile's <laughs> dead though. Um, thank God. Yeah. See you in hell, Fred Nile yeah. from Cool Hell. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. May he rest in pain. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, Fred Nile's the Australian guy. Oh yeah. Phelps. Fred oh, Phelps. Oh yeah. Phelps. All evil. Yeah. No, Fred Nile's still f- fucking alive, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't They're know. They're all the same. Anyway, this family's called the mm-hmm. Sackler family. Family. They fully knew what OxyContin was capable of and insisted th- that it wasn't harmful. And So they knew in terms of the addiction side of stuff? Yeah, totally. There's yeah. been um, yeah. lawsuits going on and articles written about this for years and years and years. The opioid crisis is obviously a huge thing in America and here too. But mm-hmm. I was reading about OxyContin in particular and I was really shocked to see that the opioid crisis actually affected the US so much that it's reduced life expectancy. Wow. So the last time it had a similar decline was in uh, 1915 to 18 as a result of military deaths in the First World War and the 1918 influenza pandemic. We should probably just say, before we delve into this a bit further, if anyone's not familiar with OxyContin, oh, yes. it's a incredibly strong opioid-based medication. So opioids are those types of medication like we even have in like Panadine Fort and codeine. Endone and that kind of so thing. So it's like codeine, codeine that sort of thing, and stuff like obviously street drugs like heroin and yeah. fentanyl. So it's like it's a really strong painkiller that has been I think in America it was just kind of doled out for such a long time that it's 
created all of these issues and now there's a massive opioid crisis. Yeah, totally. So um, um, Purdue Pharma promoted their opioid products really heavily. From 1996 mm. to 2001, they had about 40 national pain management and speaker training conferences at resorts in Florida, Arizona and California. And they had 5,000 physicians, pharmacists and nurses attending their all-expenses-paid symposium where they recruited and trained Yikes. for the National Speaker Bureau. So yeah. they uh, they influenced the physicians' prescribing of these drugs. It's, it's like when I was um, f- I think 14 or 15, I remember a doctor putting me on one of the first types of um, antidepressants mm. that I was going to go on and he had a pen and a mouse pad that was the same brand oh. and I remember thinking to myself like, Hmm, like, I'm not sure about this. This seems a bit weird to me. So it's like that kind of stuff, them doling out Oxycontin and having like a framed Oxycontin photo behind them or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, so it's they, just absolutely they, crazy. On that, they had all these branded promotional items like fishing hats, stuffed plush toys, and like a music compact compact disc called Get in the Swing with Oxycontin, which I have to find and put in here. Um, but I, I put yeah, pictures that of that is the, something we desperately need. Oh, yeah, I put pictures of the plush toys yeah. um, in our notes so you could take a look. Yeah. Um, I looked at it before <laughs> and it's like a full-on like it's a plush toy of like a tablet know, yeah. and then it's on the front of it. It's like Oxycontin and it's like all fluffy and looks really cute. It's got like so a ribbon like, like a just, um, beauty queen on it that says like Oxycontin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So World's most addictive babe. Like it's really, really bizarre because it looks so cute. Mm. And so it's like how could anything this cute be har- like harmful kind of message, you know? it's oh, There's God. so much like These bonuses people. going around and they specifically target doc- targeted doctors that were high prescribers of opioids um, and had databases yeah. of them and it's just like fucked. And they, they totally knew that this yeah. was killing people. And harming people in the long term. They knew that they were creating an addiction cycle that would last just generations and generations. Exactly. You know, because that's how they were going to get their money. And they said the risk of addiction was less than 1%, which, as we know, is nonsense. Yeah, no, that's just a lie. And so, like, people kind of have gone on these prescription opioids, been really mismanaged on them, haven't known how to, like, deal with their pain, deal with tolerance, have had really shit doctors and then go on to using street drugs like heroin and then with the influx of Mm. stuff like fentanyl, which is a lot much stronger than heroin and cheaper, um, that's just resulted in a bunch of overdoses. And I've seen that here in Melbourne Yeah, right. See, I think that's something that I don't really know that Mm. much about, like the sort of graduation from these prescription drugs to like street drugs and that kind of mm. thing like it's not something that I know that much mm. about or have sort of witnessed mm. and it's it's just so horrifying because it's like these massive corporations who only care about money create these like addictive cycles for people and then it's you know the everyday person that you know probably doesn't have a lot of money and doesn't you know that they're, they're the people that suffer mm. it's yeah it's just horrific absolutely well horrific. yeah obviously it was um, more encouraged by the healthcare system in the US because it's just cheaper to put people on them instead of having them go through like, you know, different types of 
physical therapies and all of this kind of stuff. For but sure. But here, I mean, obviously our medical system is is different and I hope it remains that way, mm-hmm. but it's still a problem. And I think Australian doctors have kind of seen what's happening in the US and I feel like it's been totally unexamined and panicked, the response to this, like, and really overboard. Yeah. Like, it comes off as puritanical or something almost. Absolutely. Mm. Well, that's that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about this because, mm. like, you've you've done your research and you have an, a lot more back knowledge of this this kind of stuff than yeah. I do. I was I think I was kind of curious about whether the opioid crisis in the US and the one in Australia are sort of like on a similar level of severity and like. You know, because we've had all these crackdowns of opioids and that kind of thing. Mm. And I I think in my head I was like, are we just kind of like mindlessly following the US's lead on this? Or is it actually, you know, they've done their sort of like research into this and that's actively what needs to happen to quell the opioid crisis that we have here? I'd, it's you nowhere know? Like near it's, as bad. It's nowhere near as bad. Yeah. Like you have... I think there's areas like Kentucky in particular that are really, really, really hardly hit by this. It's related to a concentration of poverty and the terms deaths of despair has arisen to describe the suicides and opioid overdose deaths of white people in parts of the United States that have been affected by deindustrialization and economic decline. So, Oh, so it's like industrial areas, working class. Yeah. Sinking under the poverty well, line because places like where there used to be, let's say, mining or something like that, um, and they've just yeah. been mined to death. So there's a, an unemployment yeah. crisis. I can't obviously well, speak I think to that, but like the area, we do have those problems yeah. here, obviously, but it's not as yeah, I think severe in in, in a lot of areas, perhaps. Yeah. Well, the area that I come from in SA mm. is uh, in the northern suburbs and it was a it was the place where all the car manufacturing happened, uh, like the big Holdens the, the and Detroit, all of that kind of thing. The Detroit and of Australia, maybe. <laughs> literally the Detroit of Australia. And um, yeah, it's, you know, the it's already sort of like a low to middle class area. You know, it's like already had quite high rates of unemployment and drug use and that kind of stuff. And then when all of the car manufacturing shut down, it was like the unemployment skyrocketed. So it wouldn't surprise me if this area was one of the areas where this kind of stuff was happening, you know, like it's this would be a prime sort of place. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of bad medical support and economic factors. But in any case, I, I really think that could because recently a lot of these medications like let's say tramadol um and similar kind of painkillers have been put into the same sort of class as yeah um, benzos like your valiums and yep. all of that xanax xanax and that kind of yeah. thing so yeah as you know yeah. we can only sort of go and get 10 at a time or 10 a month yeah and it's just not well enough. i think that's the hard <laughs> i think that's the hard that this is why we wanted to sort of talk about mm. this kind of stuff is because the hardest part is is that you know the opioid crisis obviously is a major and tragic and awful thing that needs to be addressed but with the current sort of lock, like um, lockdown on these medications that have happened, um, and they've kind of incrementally happened over the past maybe what five years. Yeah, because you used to be able to get and codeine it, over the counter, and now like you can, yeah, now, low level, yeah, totally. Codeine. And now you have to get a prescription, yeah. and then you had to get a prescription for it, and now you can only get ten. Yeah, and it's I think the hardest the hardest part for us is that as people who live with chronic illness and chronic pain Mm. we've spent thousands of dollars on going to doctors and trying to get treatment plans and that kind of stuff and 
unfortunately, painkillers are part of that treatment plan because we can do absolutely everything to manage our illness, but we are still going to have bad days where we need those painkillers to, you know, get by or go to work or whatever, whatever it is, Mm. or, you know, just be able to sit up in bed sometimes. Like it's, sometimes those are necessary and we've worked with doctors for years to work out what, how many is going, what we need to be able to have quality of life. And with all of these crackdowns, now all of a sudden they're just like, oh, scrap this treatment plan that, you know, you've been working on for years. Now you only get 10. And you're like, oh, okay, so fuck my life then, I guess. <laughs> it's it, just, it has the it opposite just, effect. A lot of it only pushes people to be going to get things illegally, buying them off friends, getting, yep. you know, street drugs and that kind of stuff. And if the government actually gave totally. a shit about addicts and drug addiction they would actually, mm-hmm. you know, do something about <laughs> helping yeah. people well, that have yeah, drug they treat problems, it as a, treat it like a health problem. Yeah, they tr- health issue, yeah. yeah, rather than a criminal exactly. issue. Yeah, it's that makes perfect sense to me. So, And I think it makes perfect sense to many, many people. So I don't understand why the government seems to think that it's this massive criminal situation when it's very clearly just a health issue that needs more attention, more funding, more, you know, just... M- just more of everything and for them to actually give a fuck. I know, I know. <laughs> you know? But it's just like, it's the same thing yeah. as something like sex work, for instance. You know, it's going mm. to happen or abortion or any of these other wedge is- yeah. issues. It's going to happen. People are going to do it. People are going to need this. Let's just make it safe. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah, let's make it safe and accessible. And so people aren't going and doing desperate things and putting themselves in harm's way. Like it's harm reduction, you know, like providing these safe places and absolutely you know, things i'm all about harm minimization. <sighs> just ridiculous and like people are saying that mm. you know legalizing marijuana would be a decent replacement to for this i don't think that legalizing marijuana is a decent replacement for this it's not a painkiller it's one of those things where everyone's different and there are people who are sort of you know with marijuana they're taking you know taking it or cbd oil or whatever mm-hmm. it is and it is actively helping them with their pain and fatigue and that kind of thing personally i don't think it would be a all over resolution for me or like a i'd need other things as well if i was if it was to be legalized but uh yeah it's i'm in the same boat as you but you know for some people it would be just you know a miracle kind of situation for mm. them so it's, you know it's just it should legalize be legalized it, regardless legalize but, it legalize it yeah 420 420 420 mm. <laughs> but anyway um, give me my drugs <laughs> scrummy treats yeah yeah i'm an adult yeah, i think it's just like it after going through a chronic pain clinic and speaking to all of these different specialists who came together and made this treatment plan for me and then for it to just be taken away like that you know, just making these blanket rules that are actively harmful for people mm-hmm. with disability and chronic illness. It's like, so I can, you can only get 10 of any opioid-based medication, but my GP has to, like, call up to get an authority script mm-hmm. if I want more mm-hmm. than that. But they can actively turn around and just go, nah. And I'm like, how does that work? Why, why do you somehow know better than my GP and I who have been working through this for – I've got, like – professional medical management that I've been working with for years. I'm a responsible adult woman who I should have the right to control, you know, my illness and my body. And yeah, like you said, it's like infantilizing. It's like you're treated like a child who can't handle their own 
body and choices. It's just, Ooh, yeah, it's, it's just this bizarre removal of autonomy. What does it remind you of, Chloe? Women not being in charge of their own bodies, the government making decisions yeah. about what we do with our mm. bodies. It's just, it's just more yeah, bullshit. Hill more song, of the classic, yeah. Evangelical horse shit, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm bloody sick, I'm of, sick it. of it. I'm done of it. Yeah, I've had I've it. Had it. Yeah, treating adult people like they can't be trusted with their own bodies, and it's. It's education and community. Mm-hmm. So the opposite of addiction Absolutely. is community. Heaps of, you know, rehabs and all of that kind of thing say that. And, you know, that's why it's important mm. as a chronically ill person to be plugged into your community as well. I mean, totally. also, but what's the difference yep. between being reliant on drugs and being a drug addict? I don't know. Yeah, well, there's... When I went through the chronic pain clinic, we sort of discussed the whole idea of um, addiction versus dependency. Mm. And I think that a lot of pain specialists do sort of uh, believe in that concept. I think some do and some don't. Mm. Yeah, the ones that I saw were like there's a dependency on painkillers to be for, you know, your quality of life and that kind of thing. Mm. But, you know, responsible use and, you know, management in other ways and that kind of stuff and it just being a part of your Management is, that's dependency, like when you're depending on a drug for your quality of life. Mm. But addiction is sort of, it's just, it's far more constant and you're, I mean, I feel like I'm speaking out of turn here because it's not something that I have experienced with that kind of thing. But the difference between addiction and dependency is something that a lot of pain specialists do sort of talk about. I think addiction's more of a having some experience in this area myself, more of a mental mental thing. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Hard to explain. Anyway, sort we'd of, love to hear everyone's thoughts yeah. on this. Yeah, for sure. It's it's something that I believe in that there's a difference between dependency and addiction. But like I said, it's I haven't had personal experience with the latter. Mm. So, yeah, we'd love to get everyone's thoughts and, you know, maybe we could start a, a thread in the group about it and that kind of thing because it is it is something that is really interesting and prevalent to the, uh, the chronic illness community. Look, I'd rather so. be dependent on drugs than, uh, you know, basically like a turtle that's being flipped over on its back, screaming constantly. Yeah. People with disability and chronic illness deserve the best quality of life they can. And if that's, you know, taking painkillers and, manage- and using that as a management tool along with all these other things then that's great you know like that's that should be fine that seems like a completely reasonable thing to me mm. i don't know why it doesn't seem like a reasonable thing to the government it's just who bloody knows who bloody who knows? knows who knows mm. um well <laughs> joe's just stretching her top out like she was about to show me her boobs oh no it just was a was very weird segue I just scratching my titty <laughs> just a really weird thing to so do while on a zoom call like <laughs> I've really missed you. <laughs> I know, I missed you too. Here's my titties. It's rubbing my, 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 um, my nipples at you. <laughs> mm, yes, the classic uh, nipple rub on the Zoom call. Normal stuff, normal stuff. So, yes, mate. You know how I said I had a headache? Yeah. I'm feeling very sooky and sleepy and I just, I just, I would love to hear a story to just soothe. <laughs> you want a little bedtime story, Joe? I'm jo? just feeling a bit, I'm a feeling little... cranky. 
Luckily, I have prepared for you a uh, a little bedtime what? story. What you have? Um, <laughs> I have. I have. God, we're such good actors. Like straight to the Academy Awards with us. Yeah. So I prepared you a little bedtime story for the beloved uh, segment for this podcast called Historically Fully Sick. Woo! Ooh. I'm very excited to do. All right. Are you ready for your little bedtime oh, story? Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> I am. I am. All right, so I'm going to be speaking about someone who is well known as one of the greatest artists of all time, as well as being a feminist and queer icon, Mm. but less widely known that she's also a historically fully sick babe and a disability icon too. Mm. Is it me? It's you, clearly one of the greatest artists of all time. Greatest bullshit artist of all time. (laughs) (laughs) This is your life. How exciting for you. Uh, No, I am, of course, talking about Frida Kahlo, who is one of my favourite people in the world. So if any of uh, our listeners are not familiar with Frida, she's a Mexican artist who was born in 1907 and she died in 1954. And She's best known for painting self-portraits. You've probably seen her on a million fucking tote bags and yeah. I don't know if she would have She's liked always like that. if you go into no, she uh if you go into like typo and those types of shops her like faces on everything. Like she's the really iconic with the Mexican woman with the uh, monobrow and she's always got like a floral like flower crown and stuff like that. So she's you know they put her face on everything. Oh, can days. I, before you start, but, um, give a so- shout out to past guest on the show, Daphne Camp, who mm, got of course. horrendous diarrhea at Frida Kahlo's house <laughs> when she went to visit. <laughs> what? <laughs> we love you, Daphne. <laughs> and she paid the toilet attendant all this extra like tips because she was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm so, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyway, please continue. I, I love. I don't want to now. That's 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 a way better story than end of story. No. Yeah. So basically, uh, Frida's face has been co-opted nowadays into a lot of uh, capitalist bullshit. Which, as Joe said, I'm not sure she would. No, love. she was a Trotskyist. Um, yeah, she was. Mm. She was a communist babe. But um, she became an icon in the art world sort of decades after she died, like in the 1970s-ish. And then as time went on, she became a sort of feminist icon and a queer icon because she was openly bisexual and open with like androgyny. And she really fucked with gender expression, like both with herself and in her art. Um, So, yeah, she's become all of these icons over time. But I think the disability side of stuff is something that less people know about. Mm. Yeah, so she's a spooning icon for a variety of uh, different reasons. So, firstly, she was born with uh, spina bifida. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, she was born with spina bifida. And then when she was six, she caught uh, polio, which caused her to be bedridden for quite a long time. And it caused her right leg to become sort of thinner and shorter than her left. So, she uh, walked from a limp from the age of six. So, she was already living with chronic pain and that kind of thing from both of those things. Mm. But then when she was 18, she was traveling with her boyfriend at the time on a bus when it collided with a streetcar and she absolutely went through hell with this accident. So she was nearly killed because an iron handrail impaled her through her hip, Mm. 
Like it went in one side and came out the other, which is horrific enough. But she also broke her right leg in 11 places. Oh, my God. She broke her spinal column. Spinal column, her collarbone, her ribs, her pelvis, and she also dislocated her shoulder, which is an unbelievable amount of injuries. And it was like obviously a very serious accident. Take me out the back um, and, and shoot so she had me, to, hey. Like honestly. Yeah, like a horse. Oh. Yeah, it is. It just sounds so horrific. 11 So she breaks. had to have 30. Oh, my God. Sorry. Yeah, yeah in the one, one yeah. leg. So she had to have 35 operations over her life to help with uh, specifically the spinal injuries and obviously lived with chronic pain for the rest of her life because of uh, the spinal injuries but also because of all the breaks and that kind of thing. So during her uh, initial recovery, the part of the way that she managed her chronic pain was to paint and she would sit in her bed with an easel and mostly paint self-portraits by looking at herself in a mirror across the room, which iconic way before her time with the selfies it's amazing Mm. her self-portraits are like really raw and emotional and showcase the themes of pain disability injury and vulnerability but also imagery of strength and power in living with disability and chronic illness so it was like she never sort of like painted herself as weak or fragile like all of these self-portraits of her actively show her injury and her her leg and that kind of thing but they're all so powerful and it just shows it wasn't like she was painting them because she was like, woe is me, I want sympathy. It was more like she was painting her lived experience of disability and chronic mm. illness just to show people her daily life, mm. you know, and it was like, and if you don't like it, then fuck you, you know. It was like, I think this is one of the reasons that why I love her because it was just so fucking punk rock at the time. Like it was so rebellious because she was painting her own reality and, like, creating her own narrative about living with disability, which wasn't really, like, a done spoken thing Mm. really back then, Mm. especially for women. Mm. You know, she was just loud and visually, like, outspoken about her lived experience. Yeah, totally. You look at her portraits and her gaze out back at the viewer is so unwavering and... It's like defiant. Very defiant. You know? So she was like, she turned her life as a disabled person into her her passion in life. And, you know, her art is beloved to this day. She's known as one of the most, the greatest painters of all time and one of the greatest uh, Mexican painters of all time. So one of her most famous paintings is called The Broken Column. Mm. And it's about her spinal injuries. Um, she depicts herself standing on a beach and her body is open down the middle showing a rod and uh, restrictive medical corsets, which she had to wear for most of her life. And there are nails embedded all over her skin, which I imagine she, is showing all of the different surgeries. She decorated those corsets too and the casts and stuff. Yeah. She paint them a lot. Yeah. So if you look at a lot of Frida Kahlo's um, art, those medical – it's a medical corset is such a weird word. It was like a medical brace kind of mm. thing. Um but, yeah, it was referred to as a corset back then. Um, those are included in a lot of her art, including that one and in uh, Tree of Hope, Keep Firm, mm. which I think is one of my favourite ones. So it's like uh, she paints two versions of herself on the same same uh, canvas and one of them she looks sort of like visibly unwell and her back is facing her back is facing the portrait like the viewer um and she's laying down and you can see the physical injury from the car accident visible across her Mm. back um and then the other is all like dressed up with like hair and makeup done and she's holding up her medical brace corset so it's like different imagery 
of her at different times of her life with chronic pain, mm. you know, like, you know, like with us, we're like some days we'll be able to get up and go do things and then other days we've got to stay in bed and, you know, different days require different pain management and it's, I don't know, it's just one of my favourite, favourite paintings of hers because it just kind of shows the like multiple realities of people with chronic illness, mm. you know, like it's not like every day is always the same. Um, and she's holding up a sign that says Tree of Hope Stands Firm which is beautiful, mm. beautiful. Mm. So, yeah, she was an absolute fucking badass. And uh, one of my favourite stories about her is that her first solo exhibition, which it actually happened quite near the end of her life because uh, she passed away quite young at the age of 47. Um, but in 1953, uh, she opened her first solo exhibition in Mexico and at the time, she was on bed rest under a doctor's orders and no one expected her to come. Mm. But instead, she rocked up to the gallery in an ambulance and ordered that she be brought in on a stretcher and moved to a bed where she stayed there the entire time so she could watch her art opening from afar. Mm. And I, I I, just love that because it's like, it's a sort of real like lady of leisure kind like of vibe. Cleopatra you know? on like Cleopatra like, kind of thing. Yeah, like it's like this amazing, like arriving in an ambo, being brought in on a stretcher, lounging in a bed and making everyone come to you. It's just like a level of drama and like pageantry mm. that I absolutely aspire to. It reminds me of Bob, um, Pl- Bob Flanagan too, like him sitting in his yes. hospital bed in the gallery. Yeah, maybe maybe that was one of his inspirations, I, I like bet. Frida just coming in, lounging on a bed. If yeah, you don't know about Bob that. Flanagan, listen to the episode previous to this. Cystic fibrosis, yeah, we are. evil, naughty Bob. BDSM <laughs> legend. Yeah, naughty Bobby. Yeah, we love and stand Bob. So, yeah, that's um. there's obviously a huge amount of uh, information and detail about Frida Kahlo, but I've just given a brief overview here mm. about some of my favourite uh, spoony icon moments of hers because I just think she's the coolest fucking person. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I went on um, this. husband had separate houses with like a bridge between them. Oh, yeah, they had a really fucked marriage. Oh, yeah, and Diego then they got Rivera divorced and then off. remarried again. <laughs> yeah, real, it was real bad, guys. It was real bad. Oh, my God. They they both had affairs and he would get shitty when she would have affairs with women, mm. I think. Yeah, it was – anyway, the marriage stuff's wild. But she has so many good quotes, but I think one I love this one the most. I was born a bitch. I was born a painter. I was born fucked, but I was happy in my way. Wow. So there we go. We love a, we Frida love a Kahlo. swear as well. No, no. She loved to say the word bitch. It's in a lot of her quotes, which is hilarious. She calls um, women from Paris bitches. <laughs> like She's like, I hate – like these like Parisian women painters, they're like rude bitches or something. I can't remember the exact quote, but yeah, she she used it all the time. I love it. Oh, her. everyone in France hates we love and hates stand. Parisians, as far as I can gather. Yeah. Um why why do you live in Paris with the small kitchen? Uh, oh, and make the girls <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they don't have proper the bathrooms. And the they don't have proper bathrooms and they do not wash in Paris. Yeah. In Betty. Yeah. yeah, your accent's way better than mine. Mine sounds like um the Monty Python skit. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I've just got to get my phone mm. charged. Um, my, what's the thing? I'm computer charged. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Oh, it's God. Dying. What's the thing I'm talking to like, you on? I'll just like I'll edit. Okay, this out. go. All right, no, don't do it. I'm just gonna talk to uh talk to myself. Woo woo woo. Joe's a silly bitch. Yes, she is. A silly, silly bitch, Joe, she is. 
Oh, wait, I think she's coming back. Shh, don't tell her I told you that, dear listener. Do not tell her. Hello, hello? Welcome uh, back, mate. I sang a little song. It's okay, Joe. Everything's going to be all uh, right. There we go. Okay, cool. So, now I know you... <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I know you're... Good shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to vamp here, man. Um... <laughs> Um, now, I know your brain is starved of serotonin, okay? It is. Now, I need it. And Give I me. have myself have, you know, been experiencing some difficulty with sleeping. I have, mm. oh, I yeah. have um, COVID somnia or whatever people call it. Yeah. You know, I can't mm. sleep. So, yeah. I was thinking, how do I solve our problems, our lack of sleep, our depleted serotonin stores. And I did a little bit of a research on the internet, Chloe. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I always get scared when you say that. <laughs> I get scared about what you've done. <laughs> That's right. It's time for another quack watch. Have I ever told you you have such a beautiful theme song voice? Like when you do theme songs, you <laughs> yes, quack watch. Woo! Yeah, okay, I, and pause for theme. Okay, so this particular, I guess, cure has a variety of uses, right? So if you if okay. you have, let's say, vaginal thrush or you know mm-hmm. hemorrhoids. Okay. Your libido's fucked. You you can't sleep. Okay. Your serotonin's fucked. Oh, I've got a little cure. It's a lot of different things. <laughs> it's a lot of different it's things. It's a lot of wildly different things. <laughs> you mean I can solve all of this at oh once? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you can because someone called Metaphysical Megan has come up with mm. a cure for, <laughs> oh God. for you. So she's... Regulated her psyche, what the fuck, circadian rhythm (laughs) by aiming her butthole at the sky. (laughs) All right. Okay. So, in this post, it says perineum sunning. Perineum? 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 How do you say it? The gooch. Prune. The gooch. Yeah. The the taint. Okay. So, for the part. It's perineum, (laughs) by the way. In Queensland, we just call it the gooch. <laughs> oh, anyway, Sorry, for the past few weeks, I have yeah. included sunning my bum and yoni, flower emoji, into my daily rising oh. routine. Many of you have been asking about the benefits of this practice. 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole is the equivalent of a full day of sunlight with your clothes on. Taught by Ra of Earth and certified health nut. These are accounts this is an ancient taoist practice that's been around for a while sorry if i mispronounced that things i've noticed personally in my reality since i've implemented this surges of energy almost instantly better sleep better connection to my sexual energy and control of my life force lightning bolt so much creativity flowing through my life attracting my desires and intentions with ease attracting soul tribe and people who are on the same frequency and wavelength as me No. I'm spending a maximum of five minutes in the morning doing this. 
Um, Ra of Earth teaches that 30 seconds is more than enough sunshine exposure down there. This is truly more energizing than slamming cups of coffee and is a great alternative to consuming neurotoxic coffee and caffeine that can disrupt your adrenal gland health. This is such a simple game-changing practice. Try it out and let me know your experience. You can do this anytime the sun is out. I prefer early in the morning. What do you think of that? I'm straight up in shock and so it pre- I just <laughs> I um speechless which obviously is not great for a podcast um yeah it's also okay. called butt chugging sunlight um, butt chugging sunlight mm-hmm. I actually thought that was like a meme no that someone had made up <laughs> This is a thing that people actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman needs to go to. I don't. It's, I don't think she belongs in jail. I think she belongs in a psychiatric clinic of some kind. I think she needs. I think she belongs. An intervention. Her family need to intervene. I think she belongs tied to rocks and thrown to the bottom of the sea. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's good. Let's go full Sopranos. Yeah. With it. Yeah. I love you that. Know, I've okay. Got, cool. I've got yeah. Sicilian heritage. Why not? Um. So, <laughs> all right, Tony, calm down. <laughs> um, Mystic <sighs> Megan, or whatever the fuck her name is, she also said it prevents against the leakage of chi. I think you've got something else leaking out of your butthole, Megan. May, all of the stuff you just said, where she's just like surges of energy mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I reckon she's just got a real fucking, like, real, like, raw, shitty, shitty sunburn on the inside of her well, bum cheeks. She and says, it's like. That sunscreen isn't needed, but added as a disclaimer, the intention of this is not to tan your butthole. So she puts, she gets sunscreen, slathers it on the inside of her butt cheeks, and then thinks the sun goes down her (laughs) asshole, up her asshole. Sunscreen isn't needed, but you're not supposed to like be out there so long that as you like to tan your like butthole. Who would want to? Like, I mean, no, this aren't you meant to want to bleach your own butthole? Yeah. Yeah, I thought the bleaching was a thing that people did that I have never done because I don't understand. I can't see that, it. Who cares? Yeah, that's not my fucking problem. <laughs> it's, it's not. So the the other healer who introduced her to this technique said that ailments. This raw yeah, raw person. whatever. I'm gonna say raw. all these so people the are white. Um. <laughs> yeah, but Ra is isn't Ra the uh, Egyptian sun god? I don't know. I just think Ra Ra Ra. I think it is. You know, <laughs> ra 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 ah, ah. ra ra. Yeah, just some Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> uh, he said ailments like vaginal infections and hemorrhoids are diseases of laziness and can be prevented by regular washing oh. and exposure to sunlight. Sunlight has excellent Jail. germicidal Jail. qualities, and exposure to the sun will help keep the anal and vaginal areas healthy and free of germs. It is also excellent for the treatment of hemorrhoids. I call vaginal infections and hemorrhoids diseases of laziness because they result from neglect of these areas. Regular washing and exposure to sunlight will prevent these problems or help heal them if they already exist. One technique known as the sun worship exercise gives this area full exposure to sunlight. Instead of bowing towards the sun, as you might expect from the name, you should bow so that the anus faces the sun. And there's a little diagram. Turn your body so that your back is towards oh, no. the sun and lean over so that the sunlight like, that comes just... into the opening. 
this exercise it just doesn't need a diagram. It doesn't need a fucking but diagram. Chloe, like it, oh it needs God. to be done without clothing for the best results. Okay, so and then you need to feel the warmth okay. penetrate into the tissues. All right, so I'm being fucked by the sun. Yes, I'm being sodomized by the sun is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. I've been listening to a lot of true crime lately and I think one of the things that attracts people to true crime stuff is when they go, like, you you kind of watch these stories or listen to these stories and go, oh, my God, I can't believe a human being could do that to another human being. Mm -hmm. But then I hear shit like this Mm -hmm. and I go, no, that's fair Mm -hmm. enough. That's fair Mm -hmm. enough. Yep, just I'm going to go full BTK on these people and you're going to see me on the news. That's what's going to happen. I don't. BTK, that's a good one. I don't. Yeah, I'm reading a book about a... Old BTK at the moment. It's quite just nice to relax with a nice relaxing book, isn't it? Um, you, yeah, that's disgusting, that Joe. And Woodley, the actress from Big Little Liars, is into it as well. Butt chugging mm. or murdering people? No, butt chugging. Sunlight <laughs> gives her okay. Good. Gives her <laughs> vagina a little vitamin D to boost her energy in the winter months. I was reading an article written by herbalist. I studied about yeast infections and other genital issues. She said there's nothing better than vitamin D. I, I can think of a bit wow. of um, so, vitamin D for my genitals, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And also, you know. Get it? Just, yeah. I do. I get it. And the best part was how long you laughed at your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> really- <laughs> These people know you can get vitamin D supplements, don't they? Yeah. It's, I really recommend they, taking those too. It's They're just good. not. We've got like. Being back at home as well, it's we live in one of those areas that's kind of like it's the edge of suburbia, and then you you know you right next to us is sort of that's country like country South Australia, mm-hmm. and it's so it's very like neighbourly and open. Mm. Are you saying your just neighbours imagine... aren't really happy about your way of absorbing vitamin D? How are no. your parents dealing with yeah. with this? Yeah, I just I don't really want my dad to walk outside <laughs> to put out the washing and see me like ass in the air completely like naked mm-hmm. and going don't worry dad it's all part of my treatment my dad would straight up drive me to the nearest hospital like he'd be like there's something wrong with her i don't know what you keep her like that's i just can't get my head around that at mm-hmm. all that has made me so angry mm-hmm. how did how did you find these people um i feel uncomfortable revealing my sources um (laughs) (laughs) no it's something i actually heard of very news corp of you (laughs) very murdoch media Mm, interesting yeah no um i've heard of this for a little while and kind of seen pictures of people doing it i can i can put one up on the instagram if you guys want like it's yeah, we should probably blur oh, no, out, you know, if they've got their full flower yeah, showing. No, there's none of that. Do people actually post photos of them just like fully in the buff doing Dude. it? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have, hang on, wait a minute. I'm gonna be looking at some whack hashtags shortly, and it's not gonna be nice. It's not gonna be nice for okay, me. Okay, I'm just, just going wanted a relaxing to... Sunday. Okay, so I'm just gonna like tag you in a picture here and you can just sort of describe <sighs> what you're seeing. Oh my god, I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so because this is most <laughs> definitely a visual medium, do you wanna tell the listeners what you're looking oh. at? All right, so he's um <laughs> quite a muscular man. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> fairly hairless apart from 
a very manicured goatee. And he's just kind of laying on his back with his legs spread and he's holding his feet with his hands, just looking very relaxed Mm. about... And so he reckons that your anus is considered the fourth eye Mm. and it's directly connected to your third eye. So therefore, absorbing sunlight through your anus is a great way to recharge your whole system. Mm. What better way to brighten your mood than by getting light to the darkest area of your body? mm. So... Yeah, all right. He doesn't so look like he's somewhere private, either, does he? He looks like he's in like no, the Grand this, Canyon. <laughs> this looks like a this looks like a national park. I know. The children are walking past him, and the animals are going. Well, they've fucking ruined the earth, and now this. I just don't. I don't like these humans. This is a lot. This mm. image is a lot, and mm-hmm. it's from a group called Wealthy White Wellness Women. <laughs> I think it's satirical. But didn't... um? Yeah, this is... De- <laughs> I think Neil deGrasse Tyson has said that another asteroid is due to hit Earth like the day of the American election. I mean, we say that there's an asteroid Thank coming God. all the time, but, you know, yeah, we can... God, I hope this is the one. I know, we it's going to be the one. Hope and pray. And yeah, I hope it hope hits this pray. guy directly in the asshole. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to. Okay. Should we end it? Should we end yeah, it there? It's really nice. <laughs> I've run out of words. Mate. I know. I've run out of brain matter and words. Oh, I did oh, buy um, earrings to give away on the podcast. as little prizes as well. Yes, we did. So we're what we're gonna do is we are going to give away these little cute earrings and a little sticker pack from my uh, Redbubble store. O M F G. Ouch. Um, oh, thanks, little B uh, for, chronic illness. Um, B for buying the enormous bag full of drugs bag <laughs> posting about it yes that made me so happy mm. it was really really cute mm-hmm. i i love mine so i love seeing other people share theirs um yeah it makes me really really happy and thank you for tagging us mm. in it but yeah we, we'll do a little sticker pack of chronic illness designs and that kind of thing and put them in with these cute as hell earrings but uh they look like little, how are we going to give them they look away like little pills um on a blister pack kind of thing they're really cute I'll post yeah. them up on Instagram. Funnily enough, Joe, yeah, Joe bought them and I bought them at the same time and we didn't even know. So there's a photo of me wearing them, but they are not the pair that we're going to be giving yeah, to no. you. <laughs> they are my own. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got like a, a whole bunch of them. Um, and if you want them and some cool stickers, we're going to um, bribe you and say, <laughs> please, please write us yes. a nice review and then um, send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram or send us an email at chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com and I will risk my life going to the post office to send these to you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, um, Australia only yes, too, by are. the way. I'm not fucking paying for overseas yeah. shit and I'll probably get lost anyway. Yeah, at the moment, basically no mail is making its way out or of Australia. Australia so, it's time, uh, yeah. so if you win, you, you know, you so, can expect up to a month and it might come via the Philippines yeah. or something. Who knows? Yeah, or maybe not at all. Honestly, we don't know anymore. So we're going to give it our bloody best shot. Um, but, yeah, so we're blackmailing you basically mm. to um, give us good reviews. Make it really cute and funny because well, I know you're, you're capable of that. Yeah, the funniest wins. The funniest is what we will uh, determine this mm-hmm. on. Anyway. Cute and funny. Um, Just like us. Bit- 
God. Um, with that bit of, um, <laughs> bit of gorgeous blackmail, um, <laughs> mm. we will leave you to think about butt-chugging sunlight, Frida Kahlo, and um, really strong painkillers for the rest of the day. Yes, one of those things is not like the others, and we're very sorry for that. What one? <laughs> well, I mean, Frida, Frida Kahlo's nice, strong painkillers are nice, and butt-chugging sunlight is... Uh, not okay. Nice. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Each to their own, I guess. It's what makes the world go round. All right, kisses. All right. One, 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 one. Kisses. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.